what is the importance of freedom what is the importance of freedom and creativity in becoming an arahant or even buddha for lack of a better example if you had a power which could instantly transform anyone into a buddha even without their consent would you use it if so why and if not why not We've covered all your bases so we have to answer the follow up questions which is fine um well, it, it's curious because if if what you're asking is um, is there something something wrong with bringing a person enlightenment without their uh, without, without allowing them their freedom and creativity? The answer is, of course, no, because whatever can like hypothetically. Whatever it is that can bring a person enlightenment is 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 the most important, and it sounds like maybe why, like a question that shouldn't even be entertained because it's so hypothetical. You know, could you instantly transform a person into a Buddha? It's ridiculous, of course. But there are interesting ramifications here. We're talking about many people do get this kind of feeling. They don't enunciate it in such a a, a blatant or or a explicit. Uh, manner as you've done, but I get—I think I get the feeling. It's that um, following. What good is it if it's just, you know, brainwashing or or following blindly after someone else? And you practice this, and we're not even supposed to know all the theory behind it. Just practice, and you'll become free from suffering. And so people say, you know, I want some freedom and creativity, and and I would rather be uh, free and creative and, and have my own interpretation and be unenlightened than to be um, to have to follow after someone else or to uh, to have it imposed upon me for example and um, and become enlightened I mean even when you when you explicitly state it like that it sounds silly silly again but uh, there's this angst that people get when they have to follow things, and um, I, I, it's something that that feels really good about what we're doing, and that we don't have this. I mean, I don't agree with that at all, and I see it quite clearly as a mistake that people make. This idea of having their own interpretation—it's called postmodernism, and I keep bringing this word up. And I want everyone to look it up on the on the Wikipedia. Look, look up postmodernism on Wikipedia because it describes modern society, and we don't realize it. Most people have never heard this word, and don't realize that we're there is a word for it, and it has been well um, documented and described. It's a phenomenon. Basically, basically, simplistically, it's um, that all truth is relative, and everyone has to find their own truth. Uh, another way of saying is whatever's right for whatever's right for you is right because it's right for you. Whatever you believe is a belief that should be respected. For example, it's called postmodernism. You can look it up. New Age could have something to do with it, but New Age has a lot of other weird stuff about it. New Age is the age of Aquarius, right? The idea that we're coming into a new spiritual age, and it has to do with astrology and whatever. But no. Uh, and, and we don't, so we don't even realize that this is this is a phenomenon. We we've come to accept we in in a general sense society has come to accept that 
that's the way it is, and that's the truth. And we 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 fight against people who would suggest that there is an ultimate truth or a specific um, method or specific path that everyone has to follow. I mean, just hearing this jars with most people. Just the idea that there is the only way. You know, we have this talk in the Buddha, Ekayanoayang Bikawemago. And people say, no, no, it doesn't mean only way. And yes, technically it probably doesn't, but the Buddha said several times, there's only one way and so on. Oh, but people don't want to hear this. So if I told you I have the way to become enlightened and only this way leads to enlightenment, that would be you know, so horrible for anyone to hear. Most people would, would reject that simply on the basis that it, was, um, it, it had this kind of a claim. Which which they feel you know it goes against what is true and right, and in fact it just goes against this idea of postmodernism. So it very well could be the fact that there is only one path to become free from suffering. There's no reason for us to think that not possible. It could be the case. The problem is we've tried this path and that path, and none of them work. So we start to think hmm, maybe there is no one path, and maybe it all is all. Uh, you know, we, we've it, it it comes out of giving up religion, seeing that the religions that we followed aren't really satisfactory. Um, so, I would reject that sort of a. I, I would at, at least encourage people to question that feeling that arises, the feeling of the need to be creative and have your own interpretation and your own uh, outlook on life. It may be that your outlook on life is wrong, and it may be objectively wrong. The idea of something being objectively wrong is possible. And we have this argument, philosophers have this argument, is it possible for something to be objectively right and objectively wrong? I say yes, it is possible to be objectively wrong and objectively right, because I would say suffering is objective. Something causes suffering. Uh, some, some, when a person says there is suffering, that is objective. It, the, the suffering itself is not subjective. They're not happy about something, they're unhappy about something. You you can't you can't be unhappy about something and not suffer based on it. So suffering is objective, uh, and, and it has and because it's objective, it has objective causes, and because it has objective causes, uh, there's an objective way out of suffering. So the four noble truths are objective, and the path which leads to the cessation of suffering is an objective path, and it's the eightfold path. Um, you know, or it could be the sevenfold path or the ninefold path or whatever, however you want to explain it, but it's based on the framework that the Buddha laid down. That's the way out of suffering. So that's the only way to become free from suffering. There is no power to become instantly f become a Buddha, but there is no way that someone could make up a new path that is outside of the framework of the eightfold noble path. It's not possible. That is the objective truth. Now, you can believe me or not. I don't mind if you disbelieve me, but that is the claim. And it's worth, if anyone is interested, they're welcome to check that out, test it out. Read about the Eightfold Noble Path, find a teacher who teaches it, uh, and, and, and see for yourself whether that's the truth. What you should see is as you practice it, you come to understand suffering, and you start to let go of suffering, which means you, um, you let go, craving disappears, or, or, or desire disappears. And you should find that as desire disappears, suffering ceases to the point where all suffering ceases and one enters into Nibbana. That's what one should see for oneself. That's the theory here. So I hope that is 
related to your question and that is really what you were talking about this this sort of feeling that people have of the need to be individual you know? it's it's so much i mean it's, it reminds me of before i became a monk that it was big in the 90s i think or even the 80s the 80s was big because the pink and the, the, all of the the uh, everyone being themselves and like michael jackson and, and all that uh, but I guess it's it's probably still the case. I haven't been very much in touch with society. The whole being being an individual, you know, being yourself, and so on. Uh, so having your own ideas, it just turned into um, a bit of a monster, actually, say, where no one believes anything and is willing to follow anything. Orthodox became. It's funny. I was talking about this and. Uh, What's happened is be, being orthodox now is 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 rebellious. You get you get into so much flack just as before you would get into flack for being unorthodox, right? And that was the whole punk movement and so on. Oh, they were vilified and so on. But now it's the opposite. As soon as you try to be orthodox and say, "No, no, let's go by what the book says," people will blast you. People will will tear you down. That's the funny thing. And uh, you know, it makes me feel good. I mean, I used to be the big rebel. I was a punk, so now I'm. Now we're still re rebellious, but we're rebellious. I think it's called avant-garde. No, once everyone becomes avant-garde, or once everyone becomes uh, extreme, then you have to go back and take the orthodox, something like that. No, that's not true. Whether it's orthodox or not, the truth is the truth. But there is an objective truth. It would be horrible if there wasn't an objective truth. Lucky for us, there is an objective truth, and therefore there is a way out of suffering. If there, the Buddha said this: if there wasn't a way out of suffering, I wouldn't enjoin you to practice for the cessation of suffering. But since there is a way out of suffering, therefore I enjoin you, entreat you, to practice for the cessation of suffering. I hope that helps. <laughs>